All right, let's bring in Urban Meyer to join us here on Sports Scene. Hello, Urban. Good to talk to you. How are you? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for doing this, Urban. I appreciate it. Um, well, there's a lot of buzz about this upcoming uh, Netflix thing on your terrific champions of 2006 and 2000. Let me start eight. Let me start with this. What are your memories of those teams? Well, I, I, I remember, obviously, you know, Tim Tebow was a big personality on that team, but I also remember the leadership that Brandon Spikes gave us on defense and, you know, the, the incredible talent on both sides of the ball. And I remember one time we had a pro scout. might have been a coach. Um, I was talking about this the other day, and we had inside drill, Steve. And inside drill is, you know, there's no skill there. Uh, the DBs and wideouts are gone. It's just offensive line versus D-line, linebackers, running backs. And you have T-Bow on one side and you, and the penalties. And then the other side, you had Spikes and you had Carlos Dunlap. And you had you know, just these great players. And it was so competitive. If the offense got a yard, you know, the defense was upset. The same on offense. And we, I think I had 15 or 18 plays scripted. It was so intense, the violence in that drill, the competitive spirit in that drill, Tebow and Spikes barking at each other and the pounces, et cetera, that after one play I canceled it. I stopped it. Wow. You know, and that's not, you know, we, you know, how I am. I used, you know, I love that kind of stuff. I want to see yeah. practice go on forever. Yeah. And the coach looked at me, the NFL guy, and said, I've never seen anything like it. So I just split them up. And they got mad at me. The players did because they wanted to keep going. But that'd be crazy because someone was going to get hurt. That's the intensity, that's the leadership, that's the toughness of that team. How close are you to some of the guys on that team, Urban? Oh, it's, you know, time moves on. Uh, there's still some guys I, I stay in touch with very regularly, um, regularly. Uh, Spikes and T-Bar, two of them, but, but there's many more. And, but everybody's gone on with their lives a little bit, but every once in a while, you know, get a text or I'll text someone and I'm, when I find out they're around or we see each other, so... No, not as close as I wish we were, but, you know, life moves on. Um, the other thing about those teams, you, you, it had such a personality, as you mentioned, but so many of those players went to the NFL. I mean, did you know when – let's start with 06. When 06 rolled around, did you know, you know, you're going to be a pretty good team? No, 06. Uh, 06, if you remember, defense was exceptional. Uh, we had a bunch of – Ray McDonald and that entire D-line and – Reggie Nelson, you know, who played forever in the NFL. and uh, But, no, I didn't see that coming on offense. Offense, we were in 05, we were, weren't very good at all. In 06, we started very slowly. And then, you know, Chris Leak, we, we got better at all positions around him, and he felt more comfortable running the spread-style offense, which is new to him. And, uh, no, I didn't see that at all in 06, you know. But uh, I did defensively. 07, if you remember, that was just kind of the babies, the 06 recruiting class. And that was the o, you know, the 07 year. We were pretty average, especially on defense. Offense, Tim won the highest minute. We were good. But 07, the defense was not very good at all. But those guys were all, you know, sophomores. And then when they became juniors, watch out. That was a great team. When the, there was so much expectation, you know, when, when Tim came and then that 08 season, and the the season that I remember, Coach, was '09, because I, I was doing post game shows then as I am now, and getting calls from fans, and it almost seemed like if Florida didn't win, you know, forty to ten, something was wrong. And as terrific as those '06 and '08 teams, that '09 team didn't lose to the SEC championship game. But was was it as good coaching that group as the others? 
Oh, the group was fine. It was the, you know, I didn't handle it well, you know, and the players were different, you know, and the reality is when you win a championship and we did a couple of times, it's a completely different team. Even the same players, it's different. You know, and I've talked to major league baseball uh, managers and NFL coaches and other, actually in a hockey coach one time, we're talking about how hard it is to repeat because everybody changes. Expectations change. And I remember it was actually miserable for a while where, You'd win by 14 against Tennessee, and I remember I'm answering questions about what happened. Why, why are you know why aren't we playing well? And and then I would you know I didn't handle it well either with the players. You know I put so much pressure on those players because you know I wanted perfect. We all wanted perfection, and in case you haven't checked, perfection's impossible. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, we uh, we went undefeated and had a chance. And you know that was that was a, you know that was heartbreaking. They lost to Alabama. Uh, Urban Meyer is our guest here uh, as Netflix will have a special on Urban's teams that won those national championships in 2006 and 2008. Um, Urban, if I can, if you can sneak peek a little bit here, when you were interviewed for this, uh, did they talk a lot about the team? Did they talk a lot about some of the off-field stuff? What was the tenor of that when they they spoke with you? They were very candid. It was, uh, at first, you know, I turned them down. I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to, I, I didn't know if it was going to, what, what was it going to be the focus? Is it going to be, you know, the narrative that there's a bunch of bad guys or is it going to be, the, you know, the reality that that was one of the great teams in college football history? And after I saw the interview list and the research that they've done, I jumped right into it because I was like, my, you got, you got, you know, you're interviewing Brandon Seller, Dallas Baker, um, Major Wright, you're talking to Ahmad Black's a big part of this thing. And, and then obviously Tim and some other guys, and I was like, now that's exactly who you should be talking to. Uh, so we jumped in at full speed, and it's the highs and lows of a major college football program that won a lot of games. And Yeah, the off-field stuff is, you know, to a degree covered, uh, but uh, what I appreciate about it, it's all truthful. It's all, you know, the, one of the Netflix Pearson made a comment, said, these are great kids to deal with. I said, yeah, I know. Some made some stupid mistakes, and we handled them and moved on. And, uh, um, so it's very, it's, it's a very positive, uh, show, but it does cover the highs and lows of a, a four or five year run there. Um, much is made about, you know, how you exited here and you put a lot of pressure on yourself and all of that. What did you learn, you know, as, as you moved on from that urban, what did you learn about how to handle things, you know, as a head coach and the expectation of winning and all that, what did you learn from your experience here? Well, that I was, you know, a relatively young coach, and you know, you reach the top of the mountain, and then you know, you start experience what you believe to be some serious health, serious health danger, not enjoying it. Um, I was an extremist, you know, and I was. I look back now, and I was like, my gosh, you know, I thought reflection and I thought time off was a sign of weakness. I never took time off. I never really went on a vacation in there at time. I became addicted to sleeping pills just to get the few hours a night of sleep and, you know, just cheat. If there was something minor, you know, that we could fix, I was all over that as hard as possible. So, but, you know, I mean, I, I look back now on my disappointment, disappoint the way I left. I'm not disappointed all the work that I put in because, of, you know, those players deserve that. Those forever. Think about this, Steve. You got a, you know, a couple hundred players are part of those teams I look back to the rest of your life and say they were national champions and did something that most people will never do. And was it hard? Did we work hard? We worked really hard. Uh, myself, our staff, the most important of those players. 
Let me leave uh, because of your, you know, what you do with Fox now. Uh, the Pac-12, you know, may have its issues in terms of where it's going to go and their TV rights deal and all that. But Urban, some, there's some darn good football teams in that league this year. I mean, you look at Washington, you look at Utah, you look at USC. You, I mean, th- th- that league's pretty darn good this year, isn't it? It's really good. It's hard to believe that the Pac-12 is, you know, the two the two main universities are pulling out of that thing. And, you know, I'm a Big Ten guy from, you know, my time at Ohio State. We covered the Big Ten quite uh, deep in the big noon kickoff from Fox. But there was a tie, Steve, that may, you could, there was a, a lot to be said that the Pac-12 might have been the best football in the country. In the USC days, and I mean, shoot, I go way back to the Terry Donahue days at UCLA, and to think that those two universities are leaving the Pac-12, and like you said, they're not good teams. There's some great teams out west, and more importantly, there's great players everywhere out west. So I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the new, you know, the new shaping of conferences. You know, I'm, I guess I like the old, the old uh, Pac-12. I used to, I used to like the old Big 12 when you had. Um, Arkansas and Nebraska playing Oklahoma and Texas. I thought that was there was a time when that was as good as football. The best players, the best coaches, and national championships and Heisman trophies came right out of that area. And then for some reason they got broken up. Last question. I haven't asked you this. How would you handle? I guess you would adapt. Everybody does, but you know NIL and you know you got to protect your own roster now. It's it's tough to coach now in a lot of ways, isn't it? Well, I've heard from so many colleagues, and, you know, the, the intent is right. You know, players should be reimbursed or, or actually it's called capitalism. If a player's name and likeness can help people sell cars, sell, you know, uh, whatever you want to sell jerseys, uh, whatever it is on online or, you know, the, the social media stuff, absolutely, they at all sports, not just football. And I'd love to see that when it's, when it's capitalism. When, it, when I see it used as you know, inducement and pay for play, that's not what it's all about. And then now you're just, you know, the team with the highest bankroll is going to get the player. You know, I just, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the future of that. Once again, I'm going to say that the intent and purpose of it is absolutely correct. The residual effect of it is alarming. And I, you know, I, I know you've heard that from many other coaches as well. Yep. Urban, it's always a pleasure to have you, and uh, this will be interesting for Gator fans to see when this airs, uh, this Netflix special. So we'll get get you back here as the football season starts, and always appreciate your time. Thanks. You bet, Steve. You got it, Urban. Thank you. Urban Meyer uh, talking about that Netflix special coming up on his Gator teams that won those two national championships in three years.